0: I'll tell you what, we're having a little church this morning. You can be seated. I love the truth of that, that Jesus does turn our graves into our gardens, that he turns our setbacks into our comebacks. And that's going to be based on decisions that we make on a daily basis. Last week, again, we saw one of the powerful, important decisions is this, is that in the midst of times of pain, is that we look to see what God's purpose is in the midst of that. Today we're going to see again, it's the daily decisions, the things that you just heard from the testimonies and the stories that were shared. It's our daily decisions that lead to these daily victories, but the thing that wars against those daily decisions is daily temptations. And at times of stress, and times of uncertainty, temptation finds its foothold in our lives, when everything seems upside down and turned around, there are times that temptations we find ourselves succumbing to are temptations that we wouldn't fall into when everything was fine and everything was smooth. But stress is the fertile soil for the enemy and the weaknesses to speak to our hearts. And this is what James knew way back almost 2,000 years ago when he's speaking to the church. And I find it interesting, James is speaking to the church, he says to start, who are scattered abroad, who are amidst of, amidst of a challenging time, And the thing that he speaks to him early on is this, this issue of temptation. He says, man, guard your hearts against the things that are here. Guard your heart because stress is the fertile soil for the enemy to work. 2,000 years later in 2020, (laughs) I don't know about you, there's a lot of stress. And a lot of temptation that's come with that. And that's where we're going to look this morning. So if you've got your Bibles, if you would, turn me to the book of James, James chapter 1. If you've got your phones, you can fire them up and head to lexcity.info again. So glad those of you that are watching online with us this morning, glad that you have joined us. James chapter 1, verse 13 through 16, he says this, And remember, when you are being tempted, do not say, God is tempting me. God is never tempted to do wrong, but he never tempts anyone else. Temptation comes from our own desires, which entice us and drag us away. These desires give birth to sinful actions, and when sin is allowed to grow, it gives birth to death. So don't be misled, my brothers and sisters. Remember again, he says, church, don't be misled by the things of this world. Why is he speaking these words? If you Remember again, it started what we saw last week. Through persecution, through struggles that are coming, the church has been separated and they've scattered, they've ran for their lives. And in these times of immense persecution, they're separated from extended family, they're separated from their support groups, they're separated from their church family, they're financially struggling, they are oppressed by the government. All these things are coming in on the church at this time. And stress levels, we know, make us vulnerable to the things within our heart. And James says, listen, I, I want to make sure that you understand this right away. And so what I want to give you today, because the same thing applies to us, I want to give you five insights, hopefully extremely practical and, and helpful to you, but five insights that will help you turn your setbacks into comebacks, even in seasons of extreme stress that you may face. So here's what we're gonna go. First of the five is number one is simply this is know your vulnerabilities. Know your vulnerabilities. James chapter 1, verse 14, look what James teaches. Temptation comes from, what's this? Our own desires, which entice us and drag us away. See, the enemy is known, and the enemy is near. The enemy is, is us. James says it's our own desires, our sinful desires. Hebrews chapter 12 says it this way, I love it. It says us to avoid sin that so easily entangles us. Here's what James is reminding us, Listen there are some sins that are just close to us, some temptations that easily entangle because we're familiar with them. (laughs) They're right there all the time hovering around. And at times of extreme stress, now listen, this is what we do. We tend to default to our own coping mechanisms or we tend to default, as James says, to our own desires, and he says this. When you're in times of stress, if you're not careful, you will default to these things. These are the temptations that war against your heart. Think about that. We, we all cope with it in different ways, right? This season has been stressful. We're going heading back to school, and it's been added stress levels, and all these things are here. And we all face it, but we all cope with it in different ways. Some of us, uh, I mean, some of the things that we do, we, we eat to comfort ourselves, thus the COVID-15. This thing continues. It's going to be the COVID-25, uh, but that thing keeps coming, right? We drink to avoid the pain and the pressure of it all. The latest, Nielsen reported this. is interesting, that online alcohol sales are up 500% since the pandemic has taken place. Interesting, even in our city, one of the first things to reopen was the liquor stores, you know, different reasons for that. Both millennials and Gen Xers have reported that they are increasing, the amount of alcohol they have taking has increased during this pandemic time. Uh, Some of us, during this time, we tend to sleep more, game more, binge watch more, whatever that may be that takes a moment. Pornography is on the increase and rise as we have more time, sometimes boredom, not knowing how to handle the stresses that are there. In all these seasons of unrest and challenges, Jaheim says, church, don't be misled. Understand that the thing that's gonna war against your heart is these temptations that are so familiar. We, and we cope with it different ways. We, we know this, listen, this is crazy. We are certainly shopping more Than we ever have before. In the first four months of the pandemic, we have spent 107 billion dollars more than we spent last year on online shopping. All of that shopping is not toilet paper and groceries. You know what I'm saying? Some of that's some good old comfort stuff that Amazon Prime will have in my day, in my in two days will be at my front door and life will be good. We 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 cope with it $107 billion more that we've done. Millennium Health released a drug-screen report in this last little part. Listen, all Illegal drug use is up across the board. It doesn't include even the use of marijuana as we're going there. Overdoses are up nearly 20%. Some of us, when we're, we're faced with the stresses of today, it, it's masked differently. It, it comes out in areas of perfectionism or areas of control. The, the more we feel like our lives are out of control, the more we want to control everything in our life. Woo. Put this in a family dynamic when we're together 24-7. Don't elbow, don't look at anybody sitting next to you, but you know the tension that this works in your family when this issue of control comes down. Some of us move the opposite way. It's not control, right? We withdraw. We shut down. We isolate. We just remove ourselves from the situations. We become indifferent. And some of us do ways we just become angry. All the things that we're facing during this time were the same things that James is saying to the church. Listen, at moments like this, you're vulnerable, and so you need to know your vulnerabilities. So what does that look like in your life? What is your default coping mechanism? That if you put no effort, you naturally will fall into those things. Number one, know your vulnerabilities. Number two is know your triggers. Look at the last part of that verse. Temptation comes from our own desires. Here's the last part, which entices us And drags us away. We all have triggers, right? Things that entice us. Here's what I want you to think about this morning. I want you to think more about your triggers than your actions. You see, our actions are driven by our emotions, and our emotions are created by our thinking or our triggers. What is the thing that's going up here that's producing the actions that are out here? That's why I say all the time, right? I say this way, you know, right theology leads to right thinking, which produces right emotions that create right behaviors. It, it all begins in this area of our thinking. We, we tend to live, we're not careful, in the world of emotions, right? How I feel, when I feel better about this, I'll do this. When I feel uh, all right about this, then I'll take action in that, in that area where this idea that somehow our emotions are the things that are gonna motivate us. The problem is this. Our emotions are a byproduct of our thinking, right? Ecclesiastics 10, verse two. Solomon knew this well. He says this. Wise thinking leads to right living. Stupid thinking leads to wrong living. <laughs> isn't that true? It, it all begins with what we're thinking, and our view of God, but it begins there, creates those emotions and emotions the action. That's why, listen, I, I overeat because I want to have comfort, and I find comfort in food. I don't feel good about myself, and so the food is the thing that kind of eases that pain and discomfort. Listen, the problem isn't the food. The problem is the thinking that drives you to the food that creates the comfort in your heart for a short period of time. Psalms 139, I don't know what you, Psalms 139 is an amazing chapter for me. At at these times, even in my own heart, when the insecurities come, when I don't feel good about me or things like that, or even the things I wish were different about me that I say, God, why did you create me this way? Why didn't you do that? Psalms 139 reminds me that God knew me. God created me before the beginning of time. And even the things in me I don't like, God created them for his purpose. Let me just read Psalms 139. Verse 13 starts this. You made all of my delicate inner parts of my body, and you knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you. (laughs) Gratitude. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous. How well I know it. You watched me as I was being formed in utter seclusion. As I was woven together in the darkness of the womb. You saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. How precious are your thoughts about me, O oh God? They cannot be numbered. I cannot even count them. They outnumber the grains of the sand, and when I wake up, you are still with me. Isn't that incredible? And moments of of insecurity or moments of of feeling loneliness, my comfort, listen, is not found in food or drink. My comfort is found in an understanding of who I am and how I'm loved by the creator of, of the universe. That God sees me, listen, that God sees me and God cares for me. I have worth and value because God cares and he sees me in an intimate way that he made me just how he wanted to make me for his purpose, and so I can either embrace the purpose or continue to try to change it to be something that God never created me to be. You ever been in those kind of moments? So the encouragement in this is right thinking leads to right feelings, which lead to right actions. Shut the fridge, find your purpose, right? There's where my hope comes from, and there's where my security comes. So here's the question. What is the emotion that's driving the behavior you're experiencing during this pandemic, right? What's the trigger? What's the thing that, when I start feeling like this, here's where I go. When I start feeling like this, this is the void I'm trying to fill. See, if if you understand the thinking, focus on the thinking, not the behavior. If you change the thinking, the behavior will come. You change behavior, you'll just have thinking towards another thing, so begin there. Number three, know your patterns. All right? The when, where, who, and why. The when. Here's the question for you. What time or what day, just as practical as I can be, what day is the most challenging for you with the temptations of life? When stress is coming down, is there a day that's the hardest for you? Is it Friday or Saturday? If you're a pastor, here's what research says for us. Monday, most vulnerable day of the week. Why? Build, build, build towards Sunday. Woo! Emotional release. It's kind of depressing. We go home Sunday afternoon. It's all over. I got to go do it next week. And, and Monday's this downtime. Vulnerability in the pasture is Monday. Most people have problems and fall on that day. So what is it for you? What's the day? Is it morning? Is it evening? Where's the wind? Is it... Um, Maybe it's mid-afternoon at work at about 3 o'clock and you made it through all of the things that you had to do and now you've just got idle time with you and your computer. Maybe it's late at night when everybody has gone asleep. My guess is that most of you have a pattern of time in your life when temptation seems to be greater. So know it. What's the day? What's the time? When am I vulnerable? Here's the where. Where am I tempted? Right? Simple. What room in my house creates the most challenges for me? Is it the kitchen? Is it someplace where I'm in front of the TV? Or is it someplace I'm in front of the computer? Uh, if you like pretzels, don't go to the bar just to have great pretzels if you have a drinking problem. You know, it's, it's the wear of what you think about on those things. Where are you placing yourself on Friday nights that isn't helping you stay true to your purpose and stay true to the things that you want in your life. Where are you placing yourself on Friday and Saturday that's helping you towards your comeback and not keeping you in the setback that you have? It's where? The who, right? Who are you with or who are you not with when these things become greatest in your life? Are you in groups? Uh, are you alone? Are there certain groups of friends that tend to create more challenges for you in this area or are there are certain groups of friends that help keep you f- from that? Who are you with that when you have these tendencies towards controlling? <laughs> when I'm with my family and I feel a little more comfortable, do I tend to be more controlling there? Do I tend to be more controlling at work because I have a title in an office and I can tell people what to do? Where and who are you with that these things come? Let me give you the last one. It's just why. Why? Here's a question. What short-term benefit am I experiencing when I give in to temptation, right? Because there is a short-term benefit, right? There's a short-term high. There's a short-term excitement. There's a short-term fulfillment in sin and what we're doing. Hebrews eleven twenty-five says it this way, enjoying the fleeting pleasures of sin. It's enjoyable for a season. You see, if sin wasn't enjoyable, there would be no temptation towards it. I'm never tempted by broccoli. You can steam it, you can cover it with, you You could wrap that baby with bacon, and I'm still not even tempted by it. Why? There is no enjoyment for me in the process. You may have those kind of things, it's not temptation. But sin, on the other hand, it's enjoyable. Why? Because it has a draw to us, it appeals to my selfishness, it appeals to my sinful nature. It appeals to the things in me that probably aren't the greatest. And this is why, again, when we think about this idea of turning setbacks into comebacks, comebacks can never be grounded in emotion. Because emotions are driven by our wants and our desires and our preferences. So if you're ever waiting to feel like a comeback, you're never going to get there. Emotions what drives us to setbacks the other way. So I want to take a moment and ask this. Tough questions this morning, but profound ones. What is the void, listen, What is the void in your life that you're trying to fill with temptation? What is the thing that it appeals? Because for the short term, it, it, it meets somewhere. It, it meets a need. This morning, the challenge is to look for the why and not just the "what" of the behavior. There's something that just draws you for a short moment. The pleasure is there, but it's fleeting. Let me give you the last one. Number four is know your future self. See, my hope is that after today's sermon, hopefully today or tomorrow, you're already beginning to plan, oh, okay, okay, oh Lord, I, I get it. This is the comeback I wanna make. This is the thing during this pandemic I've kinda slid into. I wanna make some changes this. All right, so what is that for you? It could be even things that you got shared today with these testimonies. It could be time with the Lord. Every morning, it could be hitting the gym. could be deleting some channels on your TV. It could be blocking some web pages. It could be some intentional time with your kids or your spouse. It could be healthy menu items that you want to work on over these next few months. Whatever it would be, you've got that thing. Now, here's the thing. Whatever it is you're thinking of this moment, I will bet this is not the first time you've had that thought. (laughs) You're like, this is, my, this is my resolution every January sermon. Right? The same thing keeps coming back up over and over. It's not that you don't have desire to have victory in this area. That hasn't been the problem. The problem is this. The problem is your future self has some amazingly creative and sometimes convincing excuses why you shouldn't do the thing that you know you should do with the thing that's been on your heart right here in this moment. So here's what I wanna encourage you. One of the ways is just to defeat the excuses before they even begin. You want to have a better time with the Lord in the morning? Then you make the choice the night before because your night routine determines your early morning routine. So defeat that before you go. If you want to head to the gym, then here's just encouragement. Pack your bags the night before rather than the day of going to the gym. Friday, I had to get up and I had to put my gym clothes on at the start of the morning. I was going to go to the gym at 10 o'clock. About 4:30, I began to realize it would take more work to take my gym clothes off than just to go to the gym. So I finally went. See, I know me. I've got a th- my me. I'm so good at excuses and rationalizations. And uh, the world needs saved. I don't need to go to the gym. I can, you know, I can even spiritualize it in a way. We go. So just defeat what you know about you the day before whatever that thing is, right? If you know you struggle with this, and I don't want to eat these, then you can't put ice cream in the freezer. You just, I cannot win. So take it out of the freezer, whatever it would be. But think about those things there. If you want time with the Lord, I go back to in the morning, then you gotta make the decision the night before. Defeat the worst case of you as you go. Take your computer. Take it out of your room and put it in a public place. Why? Because we know the future you will excuse and rationalize why you can do these kind of things. Just defeat yourself. If you're struggling with addiction, if you're struggling with any of these habits, again, this is why... This is why we have our Matt ministry. It's why on Thursday nights, an amazing group of people get together and just say, listen, I wanna defeat the future excuses of me. So I wanna get together and I wanna talk about it and have accountability. I wanna encourage one another. If you'd like to be a part of that, go to lexcity.info, go into groups and you'll find some of our support ministries that's there. But if you're like me, listen, here's the challenge, right? I'm really good at giving myself excuses and giving myself rationalizations, But that kind of thinking and that kind of behavior just continues to allow my setbacks to define me, and it doesn't move me to the comebacks that God has called me for in my life. So James knew this 2,000 years ago. And he says to the church, listen, church, especially in times of high stress, when everything feels out of control, when you are scattered all around, you feel isolated and you don't feel connected. He says, this is the time that temptation is gonna war on your heart. This is the time there is a vulnerability to you. So he says, don't be misled. When you're depleted, your default setting will be filling the void in your heart with the things of this world. So James says, listen, I wanna challenge you. I wanna challenge you to find in your daily victories that are gonna come through your daily decisions. It's your daily dis- disciplines that are going to create those victories that are going to give you hope for the future. And the more hope you feel, the more you're going to be willing to make those daily decisions and experience those daily victories. And he says, the hope that you're going to experience, I love this, the hope that you're going to ex- be experiencing is not only hope in this present world, but a hope on things to come. Look how he closes out in James chapter 1, verse 12. He says this, God blesses those who patiently endure testing and temptation. Afterwards, they will receive the crown of life that God has promised to those who love him. There's a blessing to your life through obedience. There's a blessing that comes to your life through the daily disciplines and the daily choices that you make. And one of the blessings is you will get to experience that thing that used to define you as a setback will now become your new story as your comeback, and that's gonna come what? Through daily decisions that you make. And the great part is God says, listen, that God is honored in that struggle. That one of those, a follower to Jesus, one of the things that I do that honors God is just making those daily choices. As the Spirit brings things to my heart, I respond in obedience. And I respond in obedience by anticipating what my excuses will be why I won't respond and defeat those excuses on the head of time. And then when that moment of decision comes, I've got a far better chance to honor God through that. So here's just a question for us today. What is it in your life that you need to experience a daily victory in? Where is it in your life where your heart has become vulnerable through times of stress, of uncertainty and unease where your heart has become vulnerable and you've found yourself falling back into some patterns. James says, don't give up hope. for hope in the things to come, but in a hope in what you can experience today in those victories. Let's bow with me if you would this morning. And I wanna just give you a few moments. Because if you're like me, The beauty of a living God is that his spirit has already spoken to you and brought to your heart or mind that thing. It's the same crazy thing you've been struggling with. It's sin that so easily entangles. It's familiar. It's easy. It's your natural default. You're coping towards the stresses. This is where I just fall back into. Can I just encourage you today to just one more time Say, God, today, I want to claim a victory in that area. God, today, I want to defeat my future self full of excuses and rationalization. And so today, God, help me to do one thing that will make a difference in that area. God, today, help me in times of unrest to fill that void, not with the fleeting pleasures of sin or that habit, but God, today, remind me of Psalms 139. God, that I'm fearfully and I'm wonderfully made. That, God, you delight when you think of me. that help, help that to sink in. God, that you delight when you think of me. So Lord, because I have worth and value that's found in you, God, help me to turn my daily disciplines into my daily victories. Lord, we love you. We thank you that you are with us and you don't leave us on this journey alone. And so as James said to the church that was scattered all over 2,000 years ago, let us never lose hope. Hope that's found in the living Savior. In your name we pray. Amen.
1: Amen. What a powerful message and a timely message today. And I want to encourage you, whether you're watching online on Lexity.tv or Facebook or YouTube, or you're here, in person. Take a next step. We want to partner with you uh, in these daily battles. And you can go to Legacy.info. You can click on Need Prayer. We'd love to just pray for you and alongside of you. Um, As you're struggling through those things, we'd love to just walk alongside with you. Also, another great next step would just to be to get into a group, join a group. Click on Legacy.info. Click on Join a Group and find a group that you can kind of share those things with. And people can be lifting you up during that season as well. And and today we got to do a lot of worship. We worship through song. We worship through listening to people's Uh, stories of what God's done in their life. We worship through uh, just listening to God's word. We also worship through giving here at Lex City. And so as we're closing out today, if you wanna be a part of that, we try to make it easy for you to give here at Lex City. You can go uh, to lexi.info and click on give and set up a one-time or recurring donation there. You can text to give by texting 84321 in the amount and follow the prompts. Or you can also, if you're in person, you can also give at a giving kiosk as we, as you make your ride here in just a second. And so, but as we're leaving, I have some really, really exciting news, something we've been talking about in leadership and praying about and discussing over and over for a really long time. And it's the issue of we have uh, not had Kid City meeting in person for a really long time, our kids ministry, uh, back since March. And same with our middle school on Sunday mornings. And so after lots of prayer and discussion and, and reading through the, the guidelines for our local schools and stuff, we are going to uh, reopen uh, Kid City in two weeks on October 4th on that Sunday. And every parent said, praise God, praise um, God. And so we will open up all the way, birth, all the way through elementary, um, through fifth grade. Then we're going to also have at 1130 only, like we used to before our middle school ministry, we'll open up in Theater B for sixth or eighth grade as well. If you're a parent of one of those age kids, you'll be getting an email this week with more details, more information. And we're just really excited. Um, We're kind of following local school guidelines as well. We're really excited about being able to open this back up. I know you parents and you kids have missed this. And so we're really, really excited to open that up on October 4th in two weeks on Sunday at both hours, uh, kids City, and then one hour, 1130 for middle school. It's gonna be a great time together. And so uh, look for the email. Also uh, follow us on Le- at Lake City Church on social media. We'll get more information about that to you guys um, this week as well. And so thank you guys so much for coming today. We'll see you guys all next Sunday. Make sure you're distant as you as you exit today. And we'll see you next week. Thanks a lot for coming.